Walk a lane and walk. Tasmania. 8.17pm. A quiet few bend their ears to the elder's voice. 40,000 years. It's a long story to tell. But the night's still young. Tasmania. Come down for air. Millions of despairing men, women and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the The kingdom kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. There is very compelling evidence that we we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. episode of Garden of Doom, and we are welcoming in one of our prior friends that we've had on before, still a friend, Maya Christine, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the Akashic Record, um, some impressive people that she's had a relationship with in a, well, she described a little bit last time she was on the show, but uh, a being that she described as a luminary, and some of the work that she is doing and advancing, and her not-for-profit uh, initiative and organization. Uh, we're going to learn about the crystalline grid, a little bit about Andara crystal glass, and all sorts of other fun stuff and hopeful stuff and stuff about energy and positive energy. So, without further ado, I want to welcome in Maya Christine to the garden. How are you today? Hello, Jeff. I'm doing fine. Thank you. And thank you for inviting me back. That was a pleasure. We got so much good feedback on your last show. It's nice to have. Some positive stuff. We This show goes in a lot of different directions, and some of them are scary. Um, 
And some of them are ho hopeful too, um, but I like to sprinkle in enough garden uh, to balance out the, the doom as well. So you're, you're, you're definitely on the garden side of things. Thank you. I'm glad to know that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you already knew that. So yeah, so um, thank you for coming back in. Um, so when we originally spoke, I knew so little about the things that you were talking about, and it's amazing how much I've learned and, and encountered since then when we were speaking in pre-production just moments ago. I sort of said everything was hiding in plain sight because I, I would see these things and hear these things on the show from you and some of the other guests and then realize I've been seeing them and hearing them all over the place and just never paying attention. And now I see them and hear them all over the place still, but now I pay attention. And, and it's just, it's one of those strange things in life where, I mean, I guess some people call it privilege. Some people say taking it for granted, what, what, you know, or ignorance is bliss or whatever, whatever the, whatever expression you want to use that things like everything's out there. If you're just, if you're just, if you just know what to look for everything, you can hear everything. If you just, uh, uh, know what to listen to. So uh, this show is mostly going to be you leading and me following. But yeah, t tell us about what what's you know what's going on with your project uh, about the crystalline grids, uh, about the I know that you're involved with some uh, technology which uh, is sort of uh, ancillary but uh, helpful and and these uh, cubes. So uh, yeah, I think I'll let you sort of describe it in your own words, because I'm sure you can do a much better job than I can. Okay. Well, um, as I explained last time, and so I'm not going to go into a lot of detail on it, um, I've been doing this work, if you can call it work, this spiritual path um, for all of my life, but consciously as a, as a, a true, you know, uh, service, I guess you could say, or what I felt was a service for the planet, uh, since I was about 17, and I'm 72 now, and I've never done anything else. I haven't raised family. I, ha I had a marriage, in and out, but I didn't, you know, there was nothing I did other than that, and I didn't plan it, but it just turned out that way, and I never wanted anything else. I mean, it seemed perfectly natural. So I, you know, I've, I've gone through a lot of different phases with it um, from the very beginning when I was four months old and I pointed to the night sky and said star and my mother wrote it down. <laughs> she said, I better write this down. And uh, it just kept on going and the beings that, um, or I should say, I don't want to say beings, they weren't bug-eyed beings, they were perfectly beautiful human beings, but they were star kindred. Um, when I was five, I guess, uh, I had a, you know, astral experience. I thought it was a dream at the time where I went into a mountain, was flown into a mountain. And this was in 1955 in the Ozarks on a dairy farm, no television. And um, there were these beautiful people and they had these tall boxes that had lights on them, computers, you know. And um, they talked to me about it and how they operated and just stuff. I would one of one of them, you know. <laughs> and uh, I understood it all. And I came back and I drew a little picture for my mother. It was a childish picture, more or less, although it was rather strange. And I said, told her that this was a clock controlled by the mind, a 
That was what they told me. You know, so uh, obviously I started very early or in the womb, I guess. Um, and by the time I was 17, everything start, really started. The being started appearing to me and to my mother sometimes. Occasionally she was with me when they made appearances, uh, the star kindred. And um, then, you know, I started tuning into the Akasha, as they helped me to do. And I was able to draw a lot of the sciences and the histories of the planet and whatever from that. Um, I, you know, my mother said, Edgar Mitchell, who has been back from the moon as an astronaut, yep. my material, and, and he was very impressed with the science. And he had, had me and my mother, we lived in San Antonio then, Texas, come to Houston, Texas, where he was still at NASA, to research me, which he did for a while. And he told me, you know, he thought my science was was real, uh, but he couldn't devote his time to me because he was going to be starting this organization, which turned out to be the Noetic Sciences, of course. So, uh, but that served its purpose. It gave me a feeling of validity, you know, that I wasn't just making things up. And um, so, after that, things just kept going, <laughs> I guess you could say, and here I am today, you know. Um, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but that's just give you a brief rundown. Well, I'll tell so, the folks if they want to hear the whole story. The episode is called Crystal Blue Persuasions. I, I'm not sure what number it is offhand, but you can certainly search and look for Crystal Blue Persuasions. I think it was either 32 or 42, but it, it, it's somewhere in that uh, range. Um, but uh, the whole story is there. And, yeah, I, I'm not sure if we mentioned Edgar Mitchell then. As well, we probably did, but yeah, Edgar Mitchell was what I think he was what the fourth man on the moon. Oh gosh, I'm not good at numbers, but probably something like that. Yeah, I mean, he so he's a, not just a astronaut. He's a, he's one of the astronauts who was in the, in the moon landings, um, and he, and he's come back and he's been very devoted to, I guess what we'll call in air quotes paranormal investigations. Um, he just called just thought it was science, um, and. He was also very uh, involved in uh, some of the UFOlogy as well. So, you know, a lot of people think that these things are tied together. Not, you know, no one really knows for sure, and and they don't have to be. Uh, but but they, you know, the, you know, we we often when I say we, I mean I don't mean you and me. I mean this show um, often intersects where you know aliens and and spirituality or deities, the divine and spirituality and Aliens, you know, it, it all sort of might be one and the same, and and the, what what they are, the you know, doesn't isn't going to be decided by Garnet of Doom, or if it is, where you know, I'll be very rich, um, but it doesn't matter. You just have to ex accept that there is something there, and there is this connectivity, um, and it, it, you know, you and I became acquainted from I think the Earth Ancients group. Which Cliff Dunning's been kind enough to be on the be on the show as well, and uh, I also had uh, a guest named Vladimir Wiedemann, who his show dropped on uh, 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 today, actually uh, September fifth, the day we're recording this, and he described his own experience where he was in the like the mountains in, of Tajikistan, and he had an experience where. It, it was very much similar to the way you described it, except his came much later in life. Uh, he was a he was a young man. You were a young child. Where he he described it as a download, and I said, "Well, do you think that that was the what they call the akashic record?" And he's like, 
Maybe, but don't get bogged down in language. Language is a human construct. It doesn't matter what we call it. It's all the same thing. And I'm like, hmm, that, you know, that made an impression on me. And I've actually listened to the show three times since then. Um, so, I, you know, there's a lot of people talking about the same thing. So just if you don't hear Akashic Record or you hear uh, Spiritual Cloud or Download uh, or, or just any kind of spiritual knowledge, uh, insights are tapping into, you know, these folks might all be talking and probably are all talking about the same thing. So with my little, uh, we'll call that a footnote, um, I turn the floor back over to you. Okay. Well, the, the, the uh, star kindred that communicated with me and, and sometimes with my mother um, were very spiritual beings. You know, they're, they're um, not religious, they're, they're, but they're source God-based, I guess you could say, in their thinking and the way they perceive reality. And, uh, of course, then they introduced me to my uh, mentor, uh, but that was many years later, 10 years later at least, they said I would eventually be able to communicate with my mentor. I couldn't at that time, wasn't ready for it, but he was always with me, and it turned out to be Thoth, or many people call him Thoth, but I was always guided to call him Thoth. And he's been my mentor since then, but he's an illuminary. He's beyond ultra-terrestrial. He's, he's a, you know, just beyond that. Kind of like a yogi is beyond the normal crowd. And um, so, anyway, to me, the beings that I've worked with have been very spiritual and in accord. They've taught me uh, the, uh, the basic tenets and the core principles of science that are also of spirit, science and spirit as being one. And then I also had communication later in time, but not that later, in the late 70s, with beings from the inner earth, the hollow earth, which the star kindred actually took, seeded from the surface, or not took. It was an agreed upon thing, the Lemurians and Atlanteans, when things were breaking up, some of them, you know, agreed to go into the inner earth to establish a, a sort of an arc, a reservoir of, of humanity, of a, of a pure consciousness and form that could later reseed, uh, at least uh, spiritually, the the surface of the earth. Well, these are huge stories, so I'm just skipping over some of these things. Um, so anyway, but the 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 star kindred and the inner earth kindred, and I'm speaking of the hollow earth, the sacred hollow, uh, play a big role in what began for me uh, about a year ago, um, very unexpectedly, as things often happen in life. <laughs> um, so here I am in Crestone, Colorado, where I returned to live in 2017. I'd been here in, in uh, the late 1990s. And it's a very sacred place, and I came back for a purpose. And um, But that purpose was not entirely illuminated for me. I just knew that uh, there were certain sacred reservoirs, let's say, of consciousness in this area that I was needing to return to integrate with. What and is, I, what makes it sacred? How do you know it's sacred or is it? Well, it's sacred is a, is, a, is a relative word, obviously, but I'm not speaking religiously. I'm, when I use the word sacred, I mean it's pristine, it's pure, it's a spirit. It, it's not uh, relative to a religion. 
It's relative to the heart and soul of the individual. Gotcha. So maybe what's sacred for me may not be entirely sacred for you, but okay. it's the spirit that counts. So, so it's not it's not about ley lines, or it's not about Native American. Uh, oh well, it is because every all you can't talk to a Native American person who's not in well, you know, a true follower of their 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 heritage that is not speaking spiritually. They're spiritual persons, um, and and science is spirituality. That's the way I've been taught from a child, from my my sources, you know, that literally raised me in a way. Mm-hmm. So um, it's all spirit. Everything is of spirit. And you think, well, like you could think of a few things that aren't of spirit. And that's true. But that is where things get broken, lost, um, out of alignment. It's really like being out of alignment more than anything else because you can't separate anything from spirit, but you can you can find that certain things or persons or souls become lost from it. They become disenchanted with it or, or uh, confused by who they are in the scheme of things, and then things start going downhill. But that doesn't mean that they aren't a spirit. It just means that they can't find, their, they can't find the direction to turn, to, to be able to face the light. And yet they're standing right in front of it. You know what I mean? It's like they just can't quite see it yet. So uh, everything's a spirit in that in that sense of the word. But when I talk, again, when I talk about uh, sacred, it's what's in my uh, experience, in my um, relativity, that I see things that are sacred to me. I can say that they're they're in my focus. Uh, because really everything is sacred in a way. Okay, understood. So, so we've established that this area is sacred to you, and it might be to others. But you know, it, it's it's, I, you know, we're not we're not saying that there's a American Stonehenge there or or something like that that you were called there or, or that, that you know it, it's we could just well, say. Well, then, uh, well, Chris, if you if you Google. Uh, the San Luis Valley in in, Crest, in Colorado, or you Google Crestone, Colorado, which is the town within it, mm-hmm. and it's especially the center of that the whole spirituality. This this ta- this area right here, Crestone and the Baca Grande, which is the land right around it, um, has more spiritual centers collected together of different types than any place on the planet. That's a fact, and um, so it's very spiritual here, and it's not one religion. It's all of these different, you know, spiritual callings in one tiny little place here. And there's also, you know, stories. And I mean, it's it's famous for the, the, the portals, these, the star portals that are here. The the um, and the darker sides too, because where there's light, darkness tries to, you know, crowd it out. So there's the cattle mutilations and all of that. But it's, uh, starships are zooming around all over the place. <laughs> this is a pretty active area. I mean, it's famous yeah. for that. Yeah, well, we, so, we had Chris O'Brien on um, uh, probably in early August, late July, and he's one of the foremost experts on the San Luis Valley. And, yes, and, yes. Uh, and if anyone wants to see, I mean, first of all, check out that show because uh, we had him on for almost two hours. Uh, but also, he was on the uh, Netflix docu series, the UFO Declassified or Declassified UFO. He was on two of their episodes, so he he's around. You you Google him and you can find. But he did verify that the San Luis Valley is very special, very unique, and and you know, and 
you said it, it's it, it, he agree with you. It's the it's the most significant spiritual area that he's aware of uh, anywhere. You know, up there with Bermuda Triangle or you know pyramids and any anywhere he put it up there against any of those places as well. Um, so yeah, you, you're you're definitely not the only one, and he talked about it as well. And uh, yeah, he he did indeed touch on you know cryptids and and you know un, un, unidentified flying objects, uh, uh, a, a leprechaun, um, <laughs> um, <laughs> fairy folk, um, you know, but also like you said, the cattle mutilations and. and I have to. I I don't understand the whole cat kind of mutilation thing. One day I'll get somebody on to just try and explain that one to me, if if they know what that's all about. Um, I don't know what the poor cattle did to anyone, individual. You know, not, and not just the poor cattle, but like versus any other animal. Like like what is, what is it about cattle versus like horses or deer or fox or goat or sheep or whatever. Anyway, uh, but that's. That's not why you're here, unless you have any insight into that, which you're welcome. Well, I do, but I'm not going to go there because we'd be here all day, so I'm going to kind of stick to my focus right now. Okay, f fair enough, but, but well, fair warning, I may come back to you on this um, okay. another day. All right, so let's get back Let's get back to our tale of hope and not on the, on the poor butchered livestock. All right, well, so here I am in Crestone. I've been brought back, so to speak, uh, after all these years, and... Um, you know, I'm doing things and things are going along and I have uh, colleagues here, friends that are working with me in certain collaborations and I'm doing my own thing as I always have been doing with putting out my, my material, my videos, you know, and doing, um, you know, sessions for people, uh, all of these things. And then um, about a year ago, um, an interesting thing, well, it was even a little longer than a year ago. Um, I have in my living room is really more of a temple room. I have crystals, crystal skulls, um, sacred objects. Here we go with sacred again. They're sacred to me. Um, all, all kinds of things in this living room. Okay, I brought them with me from, from Kauai, where I lived before. And when I was here before in the 90s, I had sacred things all over the place. <laughs> I've always had my temple room, you sure. know. So the living room is my temple room. And... Um, so one night, early in the morning actually, but I was in bed asleep, I was awakened, semi-awakened, by the sound of the sliding glass doors in the living room opening and closing. Well, that's not possible because they were locked and the blinds were down, and I knew that. But I heard them open, and I heard voices, mostly women it seemed, but I think there were a few men it's kind of hard to tell. They were muffled voices, but they were like, oh, hello. oh, like, it, I couldn't hear the words, but it was like they were saying, oh, look at that. Oh, isn't that pretty? You know, that was the kind of tone in their mm -hmm. voices. Like they were looking over my living room. I had, you know, a lot of beautiful things in there, crystal skulls and all these things. And um, I thought, my gosh, who's, what, what is this? Because I knew it couldn't be a physical person. I knew, I, you know, that was not the case. And uh, I thought it must be um, disincarnate spirits, I thought, maybe. you know, It's been a while since I've had visitations that real from ultras or inners or anything like that. you know. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't really thinking that. I was just thinking disincarnate spirits. And I thought, well, you know, I didn't invite them in here. <laughs> and so I would 
just appreciate it if you all would leave. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, you know. And and uh, and and they didn't leave. I kept hearing them talking. All of a sudden, I got a little scared. I went, "Help!" I could hear myself going, "Help!" And I couldn't wake up. I couldn't. I couldn't get completely out of my state. But this was not a dream. And so I all of a sudden, right next to me, I heard a woman say, just as clearly as you're hearing me talk now, "Oh, what's going on?" Like she was concerned for me. Well, that really woke me up. I'll tell you, my eyes woke came up open and and there was nobody there of course and nobody in the house which didn't surprise me but i knew again it was not a dream this was a very physical real thing so i thought well okay it must be it must be uh disincarnate beings and i hope they understand now that they disturbed me and they're not going to come back so about two days later my colleague here in prestone uh michael dunn called me up and said I had the most unusual experience last night, early this morning. I was in bed, and I heard a woman call my name. Oh. <laughs> and, so, and so he got up and went into the hall, because that's where the voice was coming from. Of course, no one was there. But he said it was absolutely real. It was a physical voice calling his name. And when that happened, I went, oh, wait a minute. This is no dis you know, discarnate being. This is something else. I better go to Thoth my mentor, and I did, and he um, informed me that uh, they were persons uh, from the inner earth, from the hollow earth, uh, that had been working with me and others for many, many years, and uh, they were a team of them, not the whole group, but four or five of them, and they didn't just drive up and come into my house, that's not how it happened, they have these, they're, they're very human. Because they're 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 related to us. They're Scotch, Irish, English. They're Lemurian, Atlantic. They have all these descendants. They're our people here. They didn't come from other stars. Although now that they're in the inner Earth, they have a lot of star kindred mixed in with them. But we do to some extent too, even though we don't realize it. Anyway, so I don't like to call them beings. They're just people. But they're people with an extraordinary story to tell because they're living in the sacred hollow of the Earth, the sacred again, and so. Uh, they were able to come into my space through something he says is not astral projection and it's not remote viewing, but it's something in between. And um, I actually was shown one, after that one time through my third eye, one of the people in their home or wherever they were in the inner earth with a little band on their head and their eyes were closed and they were, they were projecting themselves. So that's how they do it. Oh. Anyway, so... So it was very real to me. And I said, well, what do they want? Why, why are they here? And he said, they're setting up uh, a, a grid in your living room, which is the temple room, for a particular purpose in the future. They're setting this grid up, and it will take them a while. They'll be coming and going, but they didn't realize you could hear them, and you won't be disturbed anymore. And I wasn't. Nobody was talking in my living room. However, I have three cats, two of them, four cats. I had four cats. One of them, uh, only was disturbed plenty. He would not go into the living room. He was watching what I couldn't see, his eyes going back and forth, back and forth. Every day, he used to love to lie in the living room. He would not go in there for love or money. His little tail was curled around him as he sat in the hall, and he just watched and watched for hours. And then he'd go hide under the bed a while and then come back and watch and watch. So finally, I saw him just so 
walk into the living room very deliberately, and I peeked around the door because I'm thinking, my, wow, he's, you know, he's going into the living room. And he stood there, and he looked up, and he looked down, and he looked one side, and he looked the other side, uncat-like, very uncat-like. This was like a person doing this. And then he just slowly walked out of the living room, and after that, he was fine. He didn't have any problem with it anymore. However, he was just got more and more nervous in general. And uh, I finally gave him to a friend of mine. He's very happy with her. He just is relaxed now. She says he's just fine. He just couldn't take that kind of energy. The other three were are fine, you know. But anyway, that's one thing. And so I'm thinking, well, what, you know, what in the world are they working on? You know, I mean, this went on for weeks. Right, you have these unlicensed contractors in, in your living room. Yes, exactly. Of course, I could have said, I don't want this, and they would have left me alone. But, of course, I didn't say that. I said, well, be my guest, whatever it is. I'm sure it's important, you know. So they kept doing whatever they were doing, but they didn't disturb me anymore. I didn't see it. You know, I could see. They would sometimes come as a third eye flash in my mind or uh, communicate with me telepathically. That's one thing. But they weren't, you know, clomping around in my living room. I mean, I couldn't hear them or see them. So anyway, um, I did have communication with certain ones of them, especially Narla, who was the one that said, oh, what's going on? The one that's next to me. I, I never saw her, but, you know, just mental telepathy. And so, one, like one time she said to me, um, we're going to leave something for you in the living room. Well, that's a pretty direct statement. Mm -hmm. And two days later, I'm walking into the living room from in the morning to open the blinds. Right in my path, where I couldn't miss it, was a woman's ring lying on the floor. It certainly wasn't mine, and I don't have a trail of people in my house at all. I hardly see anybody. <laughs> so there was this woman's ring, and it fit me. You know, I still have it. So, um, you know, I think they just did that to give me a little more of a signal. This is really happening, you know. Oh, so it was a gift. Yeah, it was a gift. So they, so, they, uh, they paid you for their contracting work. That's nice. I, I, I thought it was going to be something that was significant from your past or, uh, or the gift would have been, I, I don't know, some, something uh, different. But it was, it was just, it was really a, a physical gift, I guess, from, from the hollows. Yeah, I guess so. Or maybe they picked it up on the street outside somewhere and brought it in my living room. I don't know. <coughs> well, that would be terrible. You have it appraised and it's like a, it says it's $11. Well, <laughs> oh, well, it's not an expensive ring at all, but it's very unusual looking. But it, it, it could be easily be a, a ring you'd buy at a little thrift store or something. It's okay. not, you know, that, that's not the point. The point is, they said, we're going to leave something for you in the living room and right in my path. There it was. So I don't really care where it came from. I just know that they had something to do with it, you know. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so things continued. And finally, all of a sudden, it seemed like the activity stopped or it seemed to stop. And um, right after that, I mean, just following on the heels of that, some friend of mine was talking to me about this cube. It was being made in Switzerland. It was a... a um, well, the whole technology called 9010 90 technology, and um, it, it created toroidal uh, uh, quantum fields. Well, that's interesting enough, but you hear all kinds of interesting new equipment, you know, and devices, and, you know, I wouldn't have, I would have said, oh, that's interesting, and that would have been the end of it. But those just, as I like to say, just landed on my shoulders and said, you pay attention to this, follow this up. So I did. And uh, one thing led to another, 
I'm not going to give the whole long story here, but within a few months, I had a cube sitting in my house, a quantum cube, right in the path of where they'd been setting up all this energy, all this grid line work. Mm-hmm. So now we had the crystal skulls and the other crystal items and the, and the copper tubing, all this stuff. And then at the very end, we have the quantum field generators. So that's what they were setting it up for. What now, is, it just, I'm sorry, huh? what does 90.10 signify? Is it just a name? Is I it have a no idea. Okay. Actually, I, I'm sure somebody could tell you, but it wouldn't be me. I don't know. You know, I'm not that... Um, I'm not that knowledgeable about 9010 technology other than how it serves my work and the work that I do. And what, and was, the, so the, what was the word that you used that it, it creates a, a, a something with a T field? Yeah, a toroidal field. You know, a torus? Mm-hmm. What a torus is. Well, that's the kind of quantum field it creates. It creates a torus. And it's one small box, and it's very, it's not big, it's as big as a peg box, I guess you would say. Um, but I, I might not know what Taurus means in the context that you're using it. I mean, I know the zodiac sign Taurus. I know Taurus the bull. No, no, no. I'm talking about T-O-R-U-S. T-O-R-U-S. I, I, a Taurus is a, is a dimensional sort of circular field. It's not, it, it, it spins in and out of itself. It creates a Taurus by going in and out of itself oh, to a central point. Is it like you a Merkaba? Yes. Yes, and it, it, it can be, okay. you know, it, it can be used as a microphone. So, anyway, um, where was I? Okay, so I had this, this box, but I also knew, uh, or, or rather, not box, but uh, cube. I also, at that, by that time, had been informed by folks what the purpose they had in mind for this, which separates from me following 9010 technology verbatim, I mean, I have a great respect for that technology, obviously, but I'm not like really into everything they're doing. I'm into what I'm doing with this technology for the work that I do, which those eventually named Quantum Logica Interactive. And um, it's interacting with the logic forms. Uh, That's a terminology I'm not even going to try to explain here. It's just too long, but it's like the the logos of of the pattern. The, the intelligent field is a logic form. And uh, so it interacts with the logic form of the planet and individuals who are working to help the planet through that process using as the, the device. But the device is really secondary to the energies of the individual connecting to Gaia, to Earth. The, the technology is great and it's, it's making it so much easier for us to do but it is a link between the two, the human energy and the earth. So I was told that there was a cube in the inner earth, not a little cube like that, a much bigger, more complex thing called the Hierophy. And this, is, this cube was like a, a switchboard, very, uh, a very advanced switchboard that could bring in certain energies from the planet until intelligently, uh, send them where they needed to go. So our, I say our cubes, because very quickly, uh, we began to, I began to bring people on to the, to the whole thing, uh, you know, in our, in our uh, community, not this community, I mean, in a virtual community, and a digital community, a virtual community. And um, so now we have 
just a little over a year after all this started, we have almost 30 people with cubes that once they connect them, quantum entangle them in the field, they become terminals. So we have, and I have actually two, two cubes that form a terminal, and I also have an additional cube that's an auxiliary. So let's say we have nearly 30 terminals, and all these terminals are connected through the quantum field for a specific purpose, the QLI, Quantum Logica Interactive. And um, we daily work with this. I receive information from both what's to, what we are to stream, to broadcast through these cubes, not just individual cubes, but through the network, to the planet. Now, we're not trying... The, what we're doing is not interfering with anything. We're not trying to change things that are like, oh, well, we want to, uh, this person to uh, be president or this thing. That's not what we're doing at all. It's, we're, we're broadcasting for the health, the stability, the viability, and the protection of the planet and the human race. So There's no Illuminati, more Captain Planet. No what? No, no Illuminati, more Captain Planet. I guess not. Whatever that means. <laughs> oh well, you know, you know the Illuminati or the the, the bloodlines, which you know oh, the, the yeah, cabal yeah, yeah. starts. No, no, trying to control the world, more like trying to s no, save it's it. A and, it's a system of balancing, protecting, helping it to be viable as a natural, uh, systemic being. When Got you it. when you say a cube. I, I can't, you know, and a, and a mysterious cube with that, uh, I, I can't help but think about the Kaaba in Mecca. Is, is there any connection? <laughs> That's interesting you would say that. It's, there's not a direct connection, but we are going to be streaming to that platform, to the, the not just the Kaaba, but the whole sy system that has the Kaaba and the, what Foof calls the cube of stars, cube of stars as a balancing dynamic, and the actual physical Kaaba is part of that system system that we're going to be working with in the next few days. So it's funny, you would, not funny, but interesting you would bring that up. However, no, the cube no, in itself is not that. It's a, no, no direct uh, correlation, no. Way, no straight line so, anyway. So what we're doing, so what we're doing is uh, as we do this, um, we are also receiving. Um, this has become not only something that I, uh, that we're putting out there through those direction, but also, all of my 50-something years of material, of information, from sciences to histories to whatever, that I have received from my own experience, so I can't try to say it's genuine in anyone else's experience, but it certainly is in mine, and I had more than one scientist feel that it was genuine science. Um, that information uh, I'm using to bring in so it's encouraging me to bring it in to the, to the people who are doing this work so that they're receiving literally a mystery teaching, you could say, as they are preparing themselves to be the vessels, so to speak, to stream this energy to the planet that you could do without a cube. You know, people are doing it. They're sitting there praying and meditating for the earth, and, you know, uh, but this is a specific kind of function, and, it, and we are using to amplify it and to focus it and to connect it to the to the sacred hollow of the earth and the work that these beings persons are doing in there, so it's a, it's a little more dimensional in a scientific way, and so 
what we are doing, we need to be able to, these persons need to be able to feel the resonance. They're not just following orders. Oh, Maya says, so says, we're just going to stick this little template in the cube tonight. I received these templates that they put in the cube, and we're going to stream it to the planet, and then we'll put another one in, and then we'll put another one in. It's not like that. That's too automatic. That's too follow the leader. Everyone that has a terminal is involved very specifically with their own inner experience and how they're receiving it. And also, we have some people involved that are very uh, savvy on various levels. I mean, one who works with, with sound frequencies, two, two that work with sound frequencies big time, you know, not just dabbling in it. And um, and uh, now we have on board a woman who's been working with, with uh, testing frequencies for 20 years. She came on board because she found one of my templates online. Um, and she just a friend at no she didn't find it a friend in Fiji Fiji found it and said would you please test this for me and she said well okay you know she ordinarily wouldn't have but it was a friend you know so she did and she went bonkers over it. she went oh my god you know and she found out it was it was doing exactly what folks had said it would do but she didn't know that so she contacts me and no so so now she's in our group she has a cube and she's our tester now we can test these things we've been testing what the cube is like when you get it out of the box you put it together it's a generates a quantum field and then she tested it when she put what we call the routing template it's a, just a design it's a template put it into the cube left it overnight take the template out she tested it again now it's rooted to the hierophyme, the inner earth, and the whole system. Then, when she tested it again, rooted, it was like like 10 times more powerful, even more than that. Or I say powerful, more expansive, more active, whatever you want to call it. It's like so, uh, taking it off battery and plugging it in. Exactly. That's a good analogy. So now we have a person on board that can test this stuff. And she's no... Uh, you know, she didn't just pick up a pendulum and decide to test some things. This woman is really into it, and she even my even my doctor, uh, who is a real MD, but she also practices naturopathy and all this stuff, and she's into vibrational medicine and all that. I I told her the name of this lady that was doing the testing for us that just came in. She said, "Oh, I've heard of her." So you know, these are people out there that really know what they're doing. So this is I'm just giving you an example, but we're bringing in more and more different people that have that have talents, qualifications, certainly intelligence and spirituality, to think for themselves and to bring in their own uh, understanding and and to dimensionalize the work we're doing. So it was not just that they're just sitting there going, okay, so says do this, so says do that. No, they're involved in creating this, and it's, it's growing in that way. Certainly, the, the information I receive from folk is germane. You know, it has to come through. But after that point, all of these people are working with it. And we also have other people involved who can't afford to buy these cubes because they are rather expensive. And um, they have the capsules. There are certain capsules that you can wear around your neck. That, that they're like little pill capsules. Actually, I think that's where you get, they got the capsule from. But inside them are these spheres, five spheres that have been burned with the same quantum field. Now, they're not as powerful as cube, but they have that resonance. And Thoth has shown us how to, how to burn foils and wrap them over around the little uh, beads, which is something they do in 9010, but that, they do it for herbs and things like that. But Thoth is doing it to show how to connect 
the capsules that the person is wearing with the uh, terminals, the, the quantum logic interactive network. So even though they are not quite as connected as if you were, had a terminal, they can still give energy to it and they can get energy back with the, wearing the, the capsules. So, That's um, all, there's, you know, we have about, I don't know, 40-something people all together, but we have, like I said, about, well, we have, let's see, we nearly have 30 terminal, people with terminals, then we have maybe nearly 50 45, something like that. I'm bad at numbers of everyone that's working with it right now. And it's growing. It's growing. Let me ask so, you a couple questions. You said it's yeah. rather expensive. What's the price tag? Um, the, a cube, a burned cube, is $2,800. Oh, yeah. That's, and, that's expensive, sure. Yeah. And then, but once you get one, if you wanted to have another one, this is the reason why I wound up three. You can order a DIY kit, do it yourself, and you get the bars and you get the little plastic thing that you put it together to make the cube, but it's not burned. It's not active. You have to put it inside your active cube. So you have to have an active one that, you know, you bought for the expensive price, and you put that inside it, and you burn it. So then you have two. <laughs> you know, now you have another one that's just as good as the first one. So um, anyway, so... Wait, let, let me let me ask you this. Um, I, I understand that if you root it, you ground it to the the terminal. That it it I'm just gonna say inwards. The the it, it can it connects to the inner earth, the hollow earth, uh, straight into that. But you're building a grid which you know indicates some sort of a, I'll just call it parallel or, or a latitudinal. Uh, 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 limitation. So how how what is what is the radius or what is the prime, you know, how long does it, how far does it say strong? Like how many miles, you know, does, does one cube cover? Uh, in other words, to create a grid, do you, do you need oh, thousands or millions of people or, or? No, no. I see, because we're working with quantum reality, it's a matter of entanglement. So there's no time and space in that sense. Um, so you can have three cubes just in your neighborhood, and it would be already, you could work on the other side of the planet with it. But the difference is the more terminals you have, the bigger entanglement field, the more powerful it is. That's just the truth of it. But it's not a matter of reaching so far. You can reach to the other side of the universe with one cube if you're entangling with it with your being, because your being is reaching to the other side of the universe, not the cube. But the quantum field that it's generating is exciting your atomic field, your inner being, to be able to do that, you see. So, um, but, the, but having more, cube, more cubes, more terminals, uh, allows the field simply to be more, more, more potent, more viable, more entangled, more, for instance, for instance, when we first started, and let's say we had three or four or five, six cubes, and that was our term, that was our field, um, we were limited with what, not the distance, but what we could do. Uh, and as we, it grew and grew, now we can have auxiliaries and we can have a DIY kit that becomes a terminal that we can use, not a terminal, a cube that we can use as an auxiliary. And um, they created uh, energetic apps. I'm not talking about something for your phone. This is in the energy field. They said, so said, we'll call it an app because, you know, that's a term we understand. So they've created these apps, these applications, now that they can interact 
with the streaming that we're doing and creates a more viable uh, uh, dimensional uh, association with the nodes that we're working with. So we couldn't have done that when we first started because we didn't have enough entanglement, <laughs> to keep it simple. Are the so, cubes more powerful if they're in an area like yours, like Crestone, where it oh, is? Yeah. So, so, so they feed upon that power more than, say, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that Baltimore is or isn't on, near a ley line, but let's assume it isn't. So, I mean, it's still a, a valuable well, tool to have, but it's not as powerful as, say, where you are. That's true, but if, when you're when you're connecting them with terminals, you're getting. Let's say you have a cube in your house right now, and it's it's a terminal. You've rooted it, and it's you know it's with all of ours. So what's happening is you're getting Crestone through your through your terminal. You're getting if somebody has a, a cube and they're over by Stonehenge, you're getting Stonehenge through your terminal because yeah. because it's all linked together, you know. So uh, it helps then. Let's say somebody in the in, the, in New York, somewhere in the deep, dark recesses of the ghetto or somewhere that's really having a rough time of it, okay? You are in Louisiana right now or wherever, and you've got a terminal in your house. Well, signals from from uh, the higher frequency areas can be literally be focused. Well, it would be anyway, but we could literally focus it even stronger through the terminal in your house where people were suffering from, you know, but let's say you were in Louisiana or suffering from all this stuff. And that energy could help promote uh, a clarity, a field of consciousness that would help people reorganize and get it together and do what they needed to do to solve their problem. So uh, when it's all linked together like that, uh, that's how it can work. Um, I, I, and I'm just, I'm just touching the surface of this, Jeff, because it's kind of mind-boggling. And we've been, we've been doing it. For a whole year now, one step at a time, one step at a time. So it doesn't seem so overwhelming to us at this point. But to try to tell it to you in the public here, uh, it sounds woo. You know, it sounds too much. You know, but you have to have started and, and, and do it step by step. And people that come in now, they have we have uh, uh, PDFs, you know, beginners guides and manuals to help them, you know, understand what they're working with at the time. So it's really not as complex as it sounds when I'm just trying to spill it all out to you right now. Um, when If you were to look at it, it would go, oh, okay, yeah, I get this. But it's really hard to just sit here with you and try to tell the whole thing just in a few minutes. You know, it's just not that easy. <laughs> I understand. Uh, well, to the extent that I can, that I can understand. But I understand what you're saying. And also, I, as, if I understand correctly, the... The terminal and the rooting also in, enhances the the power from. And I'm just going to use the. Uh, I think the city you named was Seraphi or Seraphim. Um, oh, yeah, Seraphim is the is the name of the very special city and area in the inner earth that I happen to be working with. That's a whole other story I won't get into here, but it has its very special purpose in in the in the inner earth. So that's the area where the Hierophile cube is, but it's not just the cube. As I said, it's the people that are working with it. It's the star kindred and the inner earth kindred working together on this. And I, our little project, you know, as ambitious as it sounds, and I believe it's genuine, especially since uh, this lady came in and started testing it all. Um, but you know, it's it's one part of a much, much, much bigger picture. Other people doing incredible things. I could 
kick off a few, like Mary Hardy and her uh, rail vortex work that she's been doing for years and years. I heard of another, uh, oh, uh, what's his name? Randy Hatton is doing the, some work with water technology that's absolutely amazing. You could go on and on. So I'm not trying to say that our project is going to save the world. Of course not. But everybody's going to save the world if we all get together on it and do our part of the picture, you know? So that's what we're doing with our part. Well, that's great. Um... I, uh, I'm, I'm wondering, and, and this is again, very, very terrestrial, I'll call it, um, but is it helpful um, to, for efficiency and to speed up the project to have cubes, you know, sort of around the seven continents and islands and oh, uh, yes. versus yes. if they were yes. all like in the mountain time zone in, in, the, in North America? It would be. This is, this is. Well, Thoth encourages me to have this dream, and I have this dream of it being more international. Most of the terminals now are in the United States. One is in Canada. Uh, we have three in Australia and one in Ireland. But we really need them all over the world, and we don't have to have thousands of them, but they just need to be located at certain points would be really good, you know, to have it more global and more located at certain points that were very active because that would help accelerate the whole field. The, the, uh, one of the ironies of the world is that you you may have lost one of your easiest customers. Um, I can't remember his name. Pablo Escobar. Uh, when 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 he when he was you know apprehended and and you know, was gone now. But he was very into uh, UFO and and spiritualism and uh, you know obviously he had tons of money. He could have probably fielded all of uh, North, Northeast South America with these cubes. Well, I'm sure there are other people out there. Maybe they're listening to you now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure how well I do in the narcos community, but hey, everyone is welcome. And, and if you're interested, you, uh, we're going to well, give Well, I wasn't talking about the narcos. I was just talking about people who had the ability that knew, knew people that knew people or um, funds to do so, you know, to be able to spread the world. This is a spiritual project and not religious. This is a spiritual project in the sense that it has to do with good deeds, good good work, helping we, the planet. Those we, are all spiritual concepts for anyone. We have an international audience now. How wealthy they are, I, that, that I don't know about, which is fine. Well, it, it doesn't take a lot of money. I mean, you're talking about each person needs, needs to shell out two, $2,800. And, yeah, that's a lot to many of us now. But, I mean, from, you know, as the crow flies, that's not a lot of money. It's a, it's a used car. Um, but... Uh, uh, and and probably and these days probably the next version of the new Samsung phone or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm just saying. But yeah, so if anyone from around the world is interested, there, uh, this project is especially interested in you as well. Or if you know someone, uh, and I know that I've got some listeners in South America and Australia and Europe, especially the UK. So uh, yeah, you know, if this if this is of interest to you. Um, uh, Maya is definitely going to have an opportunity to uh, give all the information in, in detail at the end. Uh, we sort of toyed around yeah. with it a little I bit. Will, I will give you the link to the page on my website that talks about it a little more. It has a short video that pretty much says what I just said, but it's only in 11 minutes. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not trying to sell this. First of all, I'm not, you know, I'm not charging for my extensive amount of time in this project i gave up my subscription portal for which i was charging to be able to have the time and the energy to do this i do ask for donations but you don't have to donate to be a part of it 
I just saying, hey, if you can, that would be very helpful. Um, but so this is not, you know, a sales thing. I don't want people to be involved because it's flashy and then they go, oh, I don't think I want to do this after all. I want people to really feel it, to be drawn to it because they feel it, you know, and they want to be part of it. So that's not what it's about. But I would be very happy to see people that were really feeling it and really wanted to commit themselves to doing this work, which isn't really doesn't take that much time um, to uh, be a part of it, especially right now, if they were on certain sacred nodes and places on the planet, but you don't have to be. In fact, it is good to have place people with, with cubes in locations that really need the energy, not just the high places, but the ones that really need the energy, because then from one side of the node, from, from Stonehenge or from Shasta or from Crestone can be broadcast into, into these other areas that really, really need the energy, you know? Uh, it can be anyway, but if a cube was there, it would be even more. A terminal was there, it would be even better. Okay. Well, at this point, I want, I do want to find out, is this related to the, the crystalline grids? Well, yes, because that's what it's operating on. In other words, this streaming or this broadcasting is not just going up in the air. It is connecting to frequency uh, um, pathways. And of the planet. So the Gaia pathways are the crystalline grid. So you can see it in various different geometries involving different areas and different um, uh, types of fields of the grid. But when it comes down to it, it's all the crystalline grid. Is the crystalline grid sort of like a air-based uh, mapping of the uh, terrestrial ley lines? Um, that's a good question. I cert I feel that in it it uh, correlates. It follows it follows the terrestrial ley lines to a point, but it's far more dimensional uh, because it's not it's not relying on three D. You know, like a flat plane, you have to go through this mountain and over to this area. You know, it's like yes, those that's part of it, but that's just the surface, the tip of the iceberg. It's a dimensional field and it's created from the piezoelectric energy of the planet that is, you know, a, a dynamo, you know, a, a planet, a living planet is a dynamo of energy. And it's creating this piezoelectric effect all through it, which is the crystalline um, energy that, you know, that, that supplies not only the planet with its viability, but with the human being, the human organisms, the cells, and most importantly, the DNA, the crystalline fields of the DNA, DNA as those calls it. Yeah, you can, you can and, and really, you can thank the science fiction, but especially the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, out there for, for making these concepts available to everyone, and everyone now understanding interdimensionality and, and timelines and energy fields and uh, I mean, there, there's so much, and, and I'm sure it's the same in in, in DC and, and in other uh, um, stories with a lot of mythology tied into it, but there's so much in the MCU which is related to sort of uh, uh, these concepts. It, it's it's really amazing. Um, can you tell me, uh, because you, you provided this name, this word for me, uh, a type of crystal glass, Andara, A-N-D-A-R-A, what is Andara crystal glass? Well, in around 1994, a uh, woman contacted me 
saying that she'd heard I was some kind of a channel. And um, she had a friend whom she called Lady Nellie in California, a, a, a Native American woman who owned some land in, in Northern California. And Lady Nellie had found on her land these giant, and I mean big, huge boulders of melted glass. And around it were these powders. In other words, it wasn't just regular dirt. And some of them had one color powder and another had another color powder. It, very unusual, just like it was plopped down there with the, the, uh, the glass. And um, she was feeling the energies of this. So she had uh, her strong uh, relatives come up there, the guys, and she broke it up into pieces. And, or some of it, you know, and so she had chunks of it, and um, people were being healed by it. They were experiencing visions. They were having all, you know, all kinds of things with this glass. So um, Lady Nellie asked her friend to find somebody that could tell her from a channeled perspective um, what the heck this was. So I took it to Thoth, and I received the name Andara, and um, that it was receiving energy from a, a multidimensional uh, field that these beings, these Andarians, had brought to Earth. Now, I'm not going to go through the whole long story. If you want to read it, I will put, give you a link, Jeff, to put up there, and you can hit, read my whole story about it. But that's the gist of it, that it was a healing property. However, however, it is glass. Now, when you see it, Nowadays, and I'm not selling it for sure, but after years passed, and all of a sudden, I happened to, you know, go on the internet, because there was hardly any internet when I was, well, there was, but, you know, not very, a whole lot of people were using it then, but when I finally got on the internet, it's like, my God, they're selling it everywhere, <laughs> they're selling Indara glass for the crystals, we call it Indara crystals, for tons of money, man, I mean, tons of money. <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing that. I see it, and it even references Toth, and yeah, it's all over the place. I'm seeing a three hundred. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not making anything from it. I guarantee you. So, um, anyway, they don't like me to say that it's actually glass, but that doesn't matter. It's what the energy is. What is in the energy field of the glass, as it turns out. And this is going to be I'm, my name's going to be mud for, for the Dandara sellers, but it's actually well the original. The original glass off of Lady Nellie's land, it's kind of hard to say that, um, was trash glass. I don't know why it was dumped there or what from, you know, we actually found a Coke bottle in, in one of the pieces. And you think, oh, well, forget that. No, 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 no. It was charged. It would burn with a sacred energy. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter if it's a beer can, <laughs> oh. if it was charged with sacred energy. But, you know, the people that sell it out there like to call it crystals and whatever. So, Thoth had said to me at the time, in years that followed, the Andara frequency would come up in other kinds of glass, lava glass, you know, other places. So now it is. It's coming up in, in Indonesia. And uh, sometimes in the backyards of people in Wyoming, the glass is just coming right up out of their field. And it's very genuinely Andara, but it's not the same substance, physical substance, as was on Lady Nellie's land. And same now, in the high Sierra Nevadas of Northern California. Yeah. So, so also, of course, you have to realize that anybody can go and get 
buy a bunch of trash glass and pretend it's Dara and sell it. So you, you have to use your own sensitivity. Is this for real or not? You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So, I'm seeing okay. a lot of links to, you know, similar types of, uh, of um, like Moldavite glass or Moldavite crystal and, and whatnot. And, and it said California and South Africa is the only places where um, the Andara crystal comes from, which is a interesting, well, interesting yeah. spread. Just a moment. My kitty is tearing up a document. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Don't you get that? You're out of that. Come here. Come here. Oh, my gosh. Of all things to chew up. Okay. Sorry about that. Anyway, That's all right. Um, it humanizes so, us. But let me tell you this. That when Lady Nellie's glass, when it, it was first discovered and everything, and Soph gave the information on it, well, another friend, a mutual friend, a friend of hers and a friend of ours, uh, because we met him through her, actually, um, who's a very scientific person. He took it to a, um, a gemologist. The gemologist said, hey, this is just trash glass. There's nothing to it. Then he took it to a person that does spectro, I can never say that word, spectrography or whatever. I'm not pronouncing it right. And to get the frequencies of stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. And he said, whoa. He said, I don't know where this came from, but I don't think it was this planet. <laughs> So you have these two different opinions. You see, one, oh, it's just trash glass because they're looking at it as a substance, and the other person who's seeing it in a completely different way because of the science involved. I have, um, I have a question for you. Do you know anything about the, um, like the volcanic glass-like? Uh, plane or it's like 10,000 miles long like it's connected through Southeast Asia down through what would have been Lemuria or part of it uh, Australia almost all the way down to Antarctica wow no I don't but I'd sure like to know about that okay I you know I only heard about it uh, recently from a gentleman named Bruce Fenton who you might know as well because he's the science editor on Earth Ancients and I don't know. It just, I, I, it just sounded like that glass might have. I mean, he didn't exactly call it glass, but but glassy. I mean, it's under most of it's under the water, but uh, I mean, the answer is no. It's 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 not it's not connected, but some something to look into. But uh, I, I'd like to look into that, right? Yeah, and Very he's and he said the word on the on the show several times. He said you can Google it, but I haven't dropped the show yet, so I, I can't even I can't even plug my own show on it yet because he's going to be part of one of the theme months I, I was telling you about earlier. But if you get in touch with uh, Bruce Fenton, he, he's pretty responsive on Twitter and. If not through uh, through Cliff Dunning on Earth Ancients, I'm sure he'll give you the name and you can explore that. That that may be. Is that is that F E N T O N? F E N T O N, and I think okay. he, yep. And he's a ufologist and he's a science editor and he's uh, he's very outspoken and he's very you know he's and, and he has a very interesting theory. I, I when that show drops, I hope it, it does bonkers business because there's a lot of good stuff on there. A lot of very uh -huh. interesting stuff in there. I don't know if it, I don't know if that glass is connected at all to anything well, that, that you're talking about here. I but. don't know either, but I just know that those many years ago, folks said it would spread. You know, it would be found in other areas and other glass-like substances, and eventually in crystal. And more recently, he's since we started the quantum logica, he's having us take crystal and burn it in the cube with the frequency of the Andara. So now we have objects 
that have the frequency burned in it from the Andara, which he says is just as viable. Now, I'm not selling this stuff for anything, believe me. Right. I'm just saying that that's what we are doing with our own with our own crystals, you know. Right. It's, is, is there, uh, I don't even want to give, uh, well, you're not selling it, so it doesn't, I mean, is there like a secondary market for burned crystals where people burn, you know, somebody invests $2,800 and then they burn it and they, they sell them for $250, um, you know, and they, but eventually they hope to make a profit on that. Is, is there some kind of market like that? Do you know? Would you care? Does that corrupt uh, it? Well, I, I guess people could, yeah, you see the cubes, just the 9810 technology. Let's just get back to that for a moment. The cube itself, if you put a crystal in there and you leave it for three hours, just bare bones. You have mm -hmm. you buy the cube, it says this is a burn one, you put it together, it's active, and you put a crystal in there and you leave it for three, for three hours and it is burned. What does that mean? It means that it has the quantum frequency in it, big time. And it will last for at least 500 years, probably longer. So, you know, that's, you could burn an object and you could sell it. Or you could uh, heal your, your friend's grandmother by putting her picture in there and broadcasting, you know, healing energies to her. That doesn't mean, voila, everybody would be healed overnight. But people are healed, or at least helped to be healed by some of this technology. Now, mind you. I'm not selling any of this stuff. I'm just telling you how people could use it. And if they wanted to, I guess they could sell it. But I don't think they're doing that right now. I hope not because I really don't want to see it commercialized. I mean, I'm not against people making money, honestly, but uh, certainly not. But, um, you know, even the thing with the Andara, you just don't know what Andara is real and what is not unless you're, <laughs> well, I do, I feel I do anyway, but unless you're really sensitive, you, you don't know. And then also, it shouldn't be that expensive. Oh, my gosh, you know, it really shouldn't. So it's become an industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of, you know, I don't really care for that. Okay. Um, but, it, but it wouldn't necessarily, the, the motivation couldn't impact could impact the energy. You couldn't. You can't. You can't corrupt this. This is. This is beyond our our little mode. Yeah, you can't corrupt it. You can't corrupt it. However, and even Oliver, who's the inventor of the 9010 technology, who is an incredible person, very sincere, very spiritual person, um, he says that uh, they created the way they created these this device and everything. It's you can't use it for bad stuff. If you tried to, you know, hex your neighbor, it, mm. it wouldn't work, you know. It's, it's, a, it's a high spiritual, again, I use the word spiritual, but, you know, a higher force. It's just not down in the gutter. It's, it's something that works on a higher frequency. Um, so, no, you can't use it for ill. You can, you know, you could, but he did say that people, the, the intelligence, the spiritual intelligence, spiritual intelligence of the individual that's operating it can make it perform better or not as good. You know what I mean? It's just, it's like because it's working through the frequency of the individual. That's where it's coming from. The, the cube itself is an interesting technology and very useful, but it's just nothing if you don't connect it to a living being. Does you he know? have a patent on it? Oh yes, I'm sure he does. Yes. Oh, well, then he could. Then that that's answer. He can enforce it legally. At the you know, yeah. if he, if he wanted to, so he could sue for patent infringement. So uh, I guess uh, you know, since we're since well, we are earthbound, he could. You know, he's got earthbound remedies. 
Right. I, but I was talking more about using that technology and just, you know. Oh, so uh, was I, so was I initially. Uh, believe me, you're, you, we were talking about the same thing. It's just this is this is how my mind goes, is that he's basically created an open source technology that, could, you know, like, you know, back when you first had CDs, you know, the, you know, whatever, Led Zeppelin would come out with a CD or, well, I guess they were gone by then, but let's just, Aerosmith came out with a CD and you could burn CDs and people would have the new Aerosmith CD and it would be just as good, but Aerosmith's not getting anything out of it. Um, right. But the music, it's its sort of the same thing. So they, yeah. they'd have copyright infringement. And, right. And, and, no, no, you can't sell, you can't turn around and sell cubes. Definitely not. That would not be a good deal unless you wanted to wind, wind up in a huge lawsuit. <laughs> right. There you go. So that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. It, it, it's, uh, yeah. So it's, it would be a, an earthbound solution, but we're not, Suggesting anyone should do it. It's it just again, uh, you know, just my mind was, uh, you know, going in a couple different directions. One was the spiritual, and one was the the very earthbound business uh, part of it. Well, there is another interesting thing I'd like to add to this, and I, I was told this by by um, uh, Oliver's colleague who works with him, um, and that is that. Um, for instance, they've done a lot of this, but this is just one story that was told me. And I, I guess this was in Europe somewhere. They're in Switzerland, they, but their manufacturing is in Germany. Um, there was this bay, you know, water bay, that had some coral very close to shore, but it was dying, I guess, because it was so close to shore and pollution, you know, people throwing stuff in the water, I don't know. But it, the whole area was just getting dead. I mean, it, you know, the coral was dying off. There was hardly any fish in there. It was just polluted. So... They burned a bunch of crystals. I don't know how many, a lot of crystals. And they put these crystals right on the shoreline. They were on the physical shore, but they were near enough to the coral reef and the whole area because it wasn't just the coral. The whole area was sick, you know. And so um, they did this in this little cove. It was a small cove. And I think it was like in three months or four months because they had divers were going down and checking the coral, whatever, and they found that the coral was growing back little by little. Coral takes a long time to grow. This coral was just growing back, and they fish were coming back, birds were coming back, and even some animals that were not uh, indigenous to that particular little area, you know, that environment, were coming in. They were being drawn in. So this is really quite incredible, and this was a real, you know, scientific uh, project. I don't know who did it, but that they worked on to to prove that, um, you know, these fields are real. And where <laughs> was, was this? I, I don't know. It was in Europe, I'm assuming, somewhere. He mentioned this story to me casually. He wasn't, you know, giving me stupid details on it. Oh, okay. I would think they'd want to promote that sort of as proof of, not proof of concept, proof of proof, uh, you know, and... Well, yeah, but you know, you know, Oliver and his team—they're—they're they're just not about making a lot of money. If they were, they'd be doing it a lot differently than they are. They—they um, they are researchers, and they researched this technology for twenty years. Then they decided they—they they should let people use it, you know, to help research it for them, and also to help people. I mean, that's what they did it for, right? So they said, okay, it's time. Let's just let it out there. And yes, they need to make some money. And they're going to protect their property, but um, they're not big uh, on, you know, oh, fire cubes, fire cubes. In fact, uh, as I understand it, Oliver turned down a, a, a an Oprah show or something like that. I, I, I don't quote me; it wasn't maybe, maybe it wasn't Oprah, but it was a big show because he just said, "I just don't want to go that big." Okay. Well, um, so 
these crystals, uh, and I'll use the word crystals also, is that this is distinct from like when you go to like your local incense store or, or you know, uh, you go to a store, you know, here in, in the East Coast, it, it, some people might call it a, a, you know, Asian or an Eastern store. Um, others, you know, there might be a head shop or others that might be the spiritual store, whatever. But there's crystals and there's incense and things like that. It's all tarot cards. Wherever you might find something like that, and there's always, you know, crystals for sale as well. This is, this is a whole different level of, of crystal, right? Well, you can buy the crystals anywhere and put them in, and burn them in the cube. Mm-hmm. And then you've got a then you've got a extra crystal. <laughs> you have a you have a um, a quantum crystal that's going to last you maybe thousands of years as far as the quantum frequency is concerned. In fact, you don't have to just burn crystals. Uh, you can burn your clothing in there. Now the clothing is gonna, isn't going to last as long as the quantum frequency, but <laughs> it's going to last five hundred years. But the quantum frequency would, if the clothing would. I, I, then, I have so, some shirts that are rivaling that. <laughs> well, anyway, so so uh, you can burn your clothing and wear them, you know, for healing purposes. You know, you can burn anything in there. You know, you can burn your cell phone, but because the cell phone is constantly receiving these not too good frequencies, you know, the, the, from the cell towers and stuff, you have to reburn those every three days. It will lose its. Because because of that, because it's being bombarded with this other frequency. But the Otherwise, s- the cell phone will still work. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's when I say burn, it's not hot. It's just that they use that rather than charge. If you charge something, you have to charge it again. If you burn it, it stays forever, basically, except for the cell phone, because it's constantly receiving these other frequencies that are degrading it. I gotcha. I understand the concept there. That's that's why that, I mean I hear the sacred cell phone. It re- reminds me of the holy hand grenade from Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> so there's something that just seems wrong about a sacred cell phone. I well, I, I didn't know this. So. <laughs> I know. This, all my cell phones. Yeah, this this is all me. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I could, that 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 would be fun. I, well, I guess the cell phone. Does everything else for us? Why not? You know, have healing and well, spiritual they properties. Well, they heal. Actually, the cell phone if, during the period of time where it's actively burned before it starts degrading because it's still receiving those bad signals, it is healing. It is helping. A person is. Several people have talked about how they've gotten rid of their migraine headaches by putting the phone up next to their head, which you'd never do. You'd never do unless it was during this grace period of being quantumized, you know. Yeah, that was really reversing the whole 5G, uh, you know. Well, it is indeed. In fact, these, these, this technology, these cubes, um, you have them in your house, you're not getting any negative stuff from 5G. Yeah, like Verizon or AT&T should buy these cubes and they should, they should, uh, they should burn all their phones and then have that as a sales pitch. Yeah, right. <laughs> you get Netflix, HBO Max, and uh, and it's it's been infused with ninety ten technology. Yes, yes, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be something. See, uh, me and Oliver, I feel like we'd be a, a good team. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, this is this is very cool. This is very interesting. Um, so, and this is tied in, is, you know, is this directly tied into your project now? Is this, is this project no, and yours no, no, no. Oliver's project is, Oliver's work in 9010 is what it is. I, I don't have anything to do with that. I bought their technology to use in my project. 
Okay, so let's talk about your project. Let's let's talk about you. Let's spend a little bit of time on you. So what 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 is your focus right now? My focus is quantum logic interactive. The work with the Hierophy, which Thoth incidentally called told me that the Hierophy cube and much of the technology in the Hollow Earth is is based on what he called intuitive circuitry. Because I noticed when I'm remote viewing there, and I have been for you know. In the 70s, I was remote viewing there, and I kind of left it alone, but I'm doing it again now. I've noticed there's not a bunch of, you know, you see pastures, and they love horses. they got horses everywhere, and it's like, well, where's the technology? Obviously, you have superior technology. A lot of it was gifted them by the star kindred. Where is it? You know, <laughs> I don't see it. I see horses. <laughs> and, and they said, well, it's all underground. They're underground. They have, you know, the, they have. To their technology there, but it's this non-polluting. It's it's so and it's very utilitarian. So you don't have to have fifty machines. In other words, we could have hundreds of machines to do what one tiny, 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 tiny little matchbox does for them. See, so you don't have to have a bunch of stuff, and it's non-polluting. It's what he calls intuitive circuitry, and the the Hierophy cube is created by that as well. And I said, what is this intuitive circuitry or whatever he was calling it at the time. Later he called it intuitive circuitry. And he said, well, it self-organizes through the intuitive logic stream of the planet. It's not that the, the, you're telling the computer, I want you to do this and this and this. The computer is saying, you've created me so that I can form a logic stream to understand how to better do the things that need to be do, done in this particular focus. And um, so it's, it's, it has an intelligence. And I thought, whoa, that's very cool. And then he said, well, Nikola Tesla had a, a similar version of this, but it was very primitive. And I hate to say that of anything Nikola Tesla did, but compared to what we have now here, but it's the same thing. And I said, really? Because I didn't know, you know. And so about two weeks later, and I know it was intended, up in front of my face pops this thing called Tesla Phoresis. I thought, I've never heard of that before, Tesla Phoresis. So I punched it in, and lo and behold, it was intuitive circuitry. They weren't calling it that, of course, but it was exactly what he told me. And they said they're just now discovering that it was it was within the Tesla coil. Obviously, Tesla knew about it, but our modern scientists are just now discovering that Tesla had this baked in, shall we say, the Tesla coil. And I'm going, wow, because that's exactly what he told me, you know. So these things happen all the time. My gosh, Jeff, you know, I know a lot of people listening now are going, wow, she's really off her rocker. <laughs> but I've been doing this, nothing else, nothing else in my life, not the, not the quantum logic, but the work in general, you know, the science and working with the beings and all of that. Consciously, since I was 17. That's, that's over 53 years. And I have never desired to do anything else. I've never felt I've been misled. I've never felt that I have uh, uh, had anything but the, but the most uh, loving and uh, communicating, transparent um, friendship with both. You could call him that, and the other beings. And Thoth now has an incarnation in the inner earth, has for many more years than I've been alive. And um, so whatever this is that I'm calling Thoth and I'm calling this and I'm calling that, 
again, like you were saying earlier, they're words. But the whatever it is, is a is I know a guiding again spiritual force. That is, it is loving, it is kind, it is direct, it is truthful. Now I can make a mistake. I'm a human being. You know, we, we see everything through our own lens. I'm sure I've made mistakes along the way, whatever. Uh, in, in regard to translating this work, I like to call it translating rather than channeling. Um, but it, apparently the mistakes haven't been too large because I've never found any big mistakes. That's in my own experience. Of course, I can only speak from that place. Um, so I, you know, I have been directed and brought along all my life. And I don't think too many people have had that experience. That doesn't make me special. It just means that was the thing that I was supposed to do. I can't be a master violinist or a, you know, a, a, a great sage or a yogi or, you know, I'm none of those things. But this is what I did. Everybody has something. <laughs> so if somebody comes to you, let's just say that they have no prior experience, they're just looking for something, then they hear about you from this show or otherwise, and they're interested in the Quantum Logica interactive project, and they first contact you, like sort of if you could give an overview or summary of what does that first contact sound like? Well, I, I just want to text back and forth with them a little bit, not a lot, just to see what they're really seeking in this and what they want out of it. And and um, I don't mean like question them. It's not that. I just want to feel the energy of the person. That's all. You know, like when I do sessions for people, Akashic sessions or whatever, I just touch into their field. If I feel they're genuine and they're really coming from a good place, then I just, uh, I, we have a circle community. But it's Well, we have a quantum logic interactive is a, now on circle community. We, we were on Facebook. We, we migrated off of that. So we're in circle communities. It's a place that you can go, you know? So we have our own place in that. And what what is circle that, communities? Is that a different uh, no, yeah, that's just a that's just a place you can you know like you have uh, Facebook you know I mean it's just a it's so, there's, so there's an app somebody can download or, or go on their right. web and go to yes. Circle Communities and they can find Quantum Logica interactive project there. Yes, you can find it on the internet. It's primarily it's a new development. It's primarily on the internet. They do have a little app they have out just for iPhones right now. It's not really very perfected. It's okay, but basically I would recommend people for the most part, use their internet on their, you know, to go directly to it. But you can't just get into our community that's private. You have to be invited in. That's <laughs> a private um, group. Like any other, yeah, you have to right, answer some right, questions right. and be approved. Right, right. But um, the one thing I want to stress is you don't have to buy a cube to be part of what we're doing. You can have a capsule. which costs $89, um, you know, uh, and just have the capsule and tune into the whole circuitry, you know, and maybe later somehow you find that you want to do a cube and it's miraculously you can do it, you know, or maybe not. But the people that are coming forward and, and being a part of this, I just want them to be able to be there if they want to be there and not say, oh, well, I can't afford cubes, so I can't do that. Because there's so much more to what we're doing. And as I said, it's become a mystery teaching. It's my, I always thought I would have some kind of a real some kind of a mystery school with all of this work that I've been doing for all of these years. Tons of it. You know, it's written. And now I've put so much of it on video. Uh, and it's like, okay, so it's all there. 
But I'm not a teacher like, okay, folks, you got to do this, and then you got to take a lesson here, and then you do that. I don't do that. I don't know how to do that. Don't want to do that. <laughs> and folks, it's not encouraging me to do that. My kind of school is that self-taught, bringing the information at the right time, in the right moment, into your activational field for you to apprehend it and to digest it in your own way. And that's what I'm doing as the second part of this whole thing. We're working for the planet, but we're also entangling ourselves, or they are, with the information that both is giving to me. So it's a two-parter, but it comes together as one synergic whole. And so I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, well, if I can't buy Cuba, I can't be a part of this. That's what I'm saying. Is this different than your Akashic sessions? Oh, yeah. I mean, Akashic session is somebody... That, that they have to pay me for. Okay. <laughs> they pay me for a session and $185 for an hour. And uh, I give them, you know, a, a session. I guess that's what you'd call it. Um, and uh, I, I gear it toward what their needs are, what they're seeking. And it's a, it's, a, it's a conversation, me and them, with the added benefit of the fofic stream or intelligence or whatever you want to call it. Okay. So... So let's separate the two then, though I'm sure there's some overlap there in some of the, the customers, followers, um, oh, yes. participants. Um, how does somebody book you for an Akashic session and what are sort of, uh, what, what do you recommend it's best for? Recommend it's best for? Well, if you're just seeking to find a little bit more about your own spiritual path, I'm not... Not, I'm not going to tell you what your path is. Both isn't going to tell you what your path is. But to give you a, a understanding of your spiritual nature, of things that are evolving in your space, of the possibilities and the potentials of you as a soul and a human being. Once you kind of gaze into that mirror, so to speak, then you can come up with your own feelings and understands you how what you've been feeling all along relates to and how your path is forming out of that so that's the way I work with it and it takes different forms sometimes I talk about past lives just to an extent just specific um, past lives that might relate to this sometimes not um, so the way you do this as you go to my website and uh, it's all over the place. You click for a session and I now have, uh, I'm working with Acuity, which is an automatic scheduling thing, you know, and you just go up there and schedule and pay for the session and you're, you give an automatic Zoom link. You know, What's your website? Uh, NewEarthStar.org. It's really simple. New is in, they're brand new. Earth is in planet and stars in twinkle twinkle. NewEarthStar.org. Okay, great. And then the and then the other project is the um, quantum, quantum logic interactive. That there's a page on that website. You'll look at the top bar. There's only about three or four, you know, things in the navigation bar right now because this is a new site. A friend of mine is giving me some space here because I had this stuff spread out all over free WordPress. <laughs> so we're bringing it all in. So there's just a little bit in there now, but most of the highlighted videos that I have are in there. That's under the mystery teachings. And then you'll see a link that says Quantum Logic Interactive, and that page gives you the information that you need to know, and then you can contact me if you wish to find out more or to join that. Um, but there's also the sessions. I do custom art, spiritual images, art for people, uh, meditational art. Um, 
but and I do sessions, you know, but my main focus is the global work, really, more than anything, whatever that takes, form that takes. And right now it's taking the form primarily of the quantum logic. And, and the site that you were talking about, it's called Circle Community? Yes, but you can't, you wouldn't find us there. I mean, you have to come to me to go. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, is, is that subject to change at some point where somebody can just go in there and like request to join the group or? No, I, I don't foresee that. Anything's possible, of course, but I really don't foresee that. I think that it's because of the nature of the work. And we, we don't want, we're not trying to get thousands of people or even hundreds of people in. So we just want to, um, we don't, we're not low key. That's not it. It's not secretive. It's not low key, but it's just not kind of like Oliver. It's just not, we don't want to go on national television with it, you know? Um, well, being a veteran of many a Facebook group, I can tell you that that's probably not the worst idea you've ever had is to not go broadband like that. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's almost nothing that, that a Facebook group can't ruin. So, <laughs> not all of them. Some some of them are terrific, but a yeah. lot of them, yeah. they yeah, we all... Chose, <laughs> we chose to migrate off of Facebook. We were there for just a short time, but it, we feel so much better where we are. It's a much more elegant system also, the way we have it, and it's easier for people to find things you know, inside it and everything. So, yeah. and, and to those of you listening who know me from Facebook groups, and there's a bunch of you that do, I, I'm not even saying that I'm innocent and I'm not, and not that I'm not part of the problem or am part of the solution in that. I'm just acknowledging the fact. So some of you are going to be inclined to tweet me or send me emails on that. I know. Believe me, I know. <laughs> so um, anyway, that, that has nothing to do with you, with you though. But um, yeah, so is there anything else that you want to promote or mention that we haven't gotten to uh, at, at this juncture? Well, let me think. I don't think so. Um, my sessions really helped me survive because, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a day job. <laughs> this is my day job. The work that I do that's, that has been all my life largely for free is, is now even more for free since I gave up my portal subscriptions. So really the only thing I do that I actually charge for are, is my um, sessions and my art, and it's not that much. And I do ask for donations whenever, you know, people feel so inclined, especially if they're joining the Quantum Logica, because what we're developing here, I have to be honest, there are people that are putting out things for like, join us for $350 or for $1,000 a month and this is what you get. You're getting about that much <laughs> with what we're, we're doing in Quantum Logica and I'm not charging for well, it. Well, whatever so, you've been doing must have been working, whether it's with Toth's guidance or otherwise, because you've been doing it for 55 years and yeah. you seem happy, healthy, and wise, and you've lived in Kauai, and now you're living in a beautiful part of the world in Colorado. So, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, so 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 obviously you've been sustained for uh, f five and a half decades. So. I have. It's been it's been a miracle, but I have been, and it's amazing. And I continue to be, and I'm thankful for it every minute. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure how many people can say they they've done one thing their entire life for 55 years and and have sustained sustained themselves doing it. So. Uh, so, hey, if there's not a greater, uh, co you know, sort of uh, low-key endorsement for your work and for and for someone checking you out, uh, there it is right there. Um, so, 
again, thank you. Definitely more garden. Uh, bring a little balance to our gardenship. We found that even even if we black marketed these cubes, we still can't ruin the goodness of the cubes. Um, we, we we might just get hit. With, we may just get hit with an injunction or, or uh, punitive right. damages or something. So uh, which is bad, but you know, still. We, well, and a heck of a whole lot of karma too. You're right, you're right. You're good. Look out for that karma. That, 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 yes, well, that's a topic for another show, of course. But uh, it's it's true, karma's real. Um, all right. I, again, I, I can't thank you enough for coming back in. It's always it's always lovely having you. A continued success with this project. I hope that these uh, cubes spread far and wide, and all of us, I, I imagine, will benefit from their proliferation. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeff. Support cubic proliferation. It's the only kind of proliferation we want. So, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on in. And uh, I will, of course, send you the link when I drop it. To the audience, I'm recording this September 5th. I, I don't know when I'm going to drop the show because I have got a backlog of things I've recorded. And I've got a few obligations tied in with a, a conference that's been terrific to me. So I, it, it's a pleasurable obligation, but but it's still a, it's still a moral obligation nonetheless. In any event... Uh, I, I will send you the link when that happens, and I thank you again. And I, I uh, and you're welcome anytime. And uh, as are those those names that you mentioned, Oliver. I think there's some other people you mentioned who are doing work on the on the different uh, related science fields. Yes. Love to hear. And on my folks. page, on my page that I send you to, you will find some of his short little videos about the actual technology on that page. Yeah, and and I watched a bunch of them, folks, and they they are short. They're well produced. They're very easy to understand. So you know. It, enjoyed there there it was good all right thanks again have a great rest of your day have a great labor day holiday and continued success health and happiness thank you jeff thank you very much for having me my Bye. pleasure take care all right folks you just heard the recording stop on zoom because we're using zoom today um and you heard maya so if you're interested in her stuff check it on out uh and appreciate you tuning in to the garden of doom Check you next time. These days my waves get lost in the ocean. Seven billion swimmers, man, I'm going through the motions. Set up a flare, I need love and devotion. Trade it for some faces that I'll never know. Notion. Maybe I should try to find the old me. Take me to the places and the people that know me. Try to just connect, thinking maybe you could show me. If there's so many people here, then why am I so lonely? Friends, hard to find, let's face it By the perfect home when there's a flood in the basement Made a couple dollars now and I'm trying to chase it Kid from Oklahoma, man, I eat basic I'm just trying to paint the picture for me Something I could give a damn about and maybe 40 years And I'll be ready and willing and able to edit the story Cause there's so many people here to be so damn lonely
I'm switching to a new lane Foot to the floor, man, searching for the real thing Somebody else sometimes ain't no shame Head to the clouds, ain't It's like, can I get a connection? Can I get, can I get a connection? Walk a lane and walk. Tasmania. 8.17pm. A quiet few bend their ears to the elder's voice. 40,000 years. It's a long story to tell. But the night's still young. Tasmania. Come down for air.